welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're talking about the ANZ's change in LVR restrictions. This has been the buzz in the property community over the last week or so. I have had a lot of texts and questions in from you guys, so I know this is something you want to hear about. Now, the big change was... ANZ came out on the 15th saying that investors will now require a 40% deposit (laughs) if purchasing an investment property. So they're only going to lend 60% of the value and that is effective immediately from when that email was sent. Now, Andrew, I know you've got some thoughts on this and a lot of people and commentators haven't been talking about the exemptions that are coming out and you said something very interesting before we hit the record button. So a lot of interesting things. Yeah, this has been a really interesting topic this week because the announcement came out and it was it was pretty extreme. But it actually wasn't that surprising to me. With the amount of pressure that the government are under from the media around house prices, there were going to have to be some extreme measures taken over the next 12, 24 months to control, or at least the perception of extreme measures, I guess. I expected the Reserve Bank to come out and say that we were back to the old LVR restrictions they brought in in, was it 2013, where it was 40% deposit for an investment and it was 20% for an owner-occupant. And ANZ have kind of taken the stance that, well, that's what they're working on. And they've said that they're actually going to encourage the Reserve Bank to do this. And they are the biggest bank, so they've got a bit of say, but also the Reserve Bank dictates. They're not going to take the bank's advice and just do that because the bank said so. They tell the banks what to do. What I imagine is going to happen is you're going to see some cautiousness around banks taking anything that is higher LVR. And I say higher LVR and I'm talking 70% for investments. But the biggest thing to remember is that there are exemptions. And one of my investors that I work with this week came to me and said, hey, I've just been into the bank. They're looking at three investment properties right now to start their portfolio. And the bank had said, oh, you can't do that now. You've got to have a 40% deposit in each of them. So she rang me to let me know, oh, we can only go with two. We're a little bit disappointed. And I said, hang on a minute. That banker set you wrong. You need a 20% deposit if it's new. Now, one thing to remember here is their bank was ANZ and it was a very high level employee at the ANZ. This was in private banks. So you'd think they'd know better was my first thought. They told them that they needed this, but they are going to be looking at it as if they take all of the lending. So my first comment was, okay, your bank is wrong and misinformed you. My second comment is, Who's to say you're going to do all this at ANZ? Your mortgage is there, but you probably just want to take the deposit from there and do the rest elsewhere so you've got more security. So we spoke about that. But it is really interesting. You've got some really senior people in the banks who don't know how the exemptions work. And just to clarify, if you're buying a brand new property, so it's just been built and you're buying it direct from the developer within 12 months of code of compliance, so there's no in-between person, so you can't have someone do a spec build, go and get Stonewood to build a home and then on sell it for a profit. The Reserve Bank doesn't want that. But if you're buying direct off a developer and therefore you're adding stock into the market, which is what we want to encourage people to do, then the LVR restrictions do not apply for you. And technically a bank can lend whatever they like as a percentage. Look, they're probably still just going to do it at the normal 20% deposit, but you are exempt. The other exemption is the dollar for dollar refinance deal. So if you borrow 100% from the bank today and you have it there for a few years and then you decide okay I'm going to go renew on my interest rate and the bank that you're with says the interest rate is now 2.5 but you know Kiwi Bank are offering 1.99 then what you can do is you can refinance that mortgage and as long as it's still acceptable to the other side 
the LVR doesn't come into it. That just allows you to be more competitive and put the banks up against each other. So those are the two main exceptions. There are a couple of others, but they're the main ones. The other interesting thing I want to talk about is what the Reserve Bank is actually consulting on right now. So a consultation paper has been released. It's available for public comment. And they are proposing to reinstate the LVR restrictions at the same level as before the onset of COVID-19. So they are planning to bring back in and they are consulting on 30% deposits as that minimum deposit for investors with the exact same exemptions. Now, a lot of you have been asking us, are the same exemptions going to come back in? The answer is yes. They are quoting and talking about exemptions within that consultation document. In fact, page 20.61, they say, in addition, the exemptions regime permits high LVR lending on new build investment properties without counting against the LVR speed limit. So those exemptions are planned to be in there. They're not consulting on taking any of that out. So that is good news. What we had before is what is planned to be brought back in. Now, a big question that a lot of people are asking, and I saw this on the front page of the business section of the New Zealand Herald, was mortgage brokers speculating that other banks were going to follow ANZ's lead and say, actually, we're going to require a 40% deposit as well for investment properties up from 30%. Well, the interesting thing is, according to interest.co.nz and the New Zealand Herald, although that the headline might have said that mortgage brokers expect this, Every single bank in that article declined to follow. My favourite one was from the BNZ who said, sticking with 30% for now. Full stop. Similarly, we've got quotes from Westpac, Kiwi Bank and ASB as well saying that they're not going to follow at this point. And actually that was the uh, same week that the BNZ came out and said that they would go up to 90% for a new build investment. Again, that kind of supports our theory that next year you're going to see the government really encourage new stock coming onto the market. Funnily enough, ANZ had some interesting comments in its New Zealand property focus report. So one of them, they were talking about how they need to be a coordinated government policy response, which is urgently required to control these house price increases, right? They said ideally, they would like to see a gradual decline in real house prices. Now, real house prices, it will explain, being the economist, um, but essentially, that's just going to mean that they're more manageable for people, and they want to see wages increases, house prices stay at the same level. Now, it's, it's probably not going to happen, and this is all a lot of big talk, but whether or not you can actually get a result here. But then in that same report, they said, we need 60,000 to 120,000 more properties. We need to free up buildable land. We need to build more houses and infrastructure. It's quite interesting to me that a lot of the policy changes around tax and healthy homes have made it harder for investors I know there are people who maybe don't listen to things like this podcast and feel like it sounds a bit hard at the moment because landlords are getting a hard time and not investing. So the the challenge here is we need all these properties and we're making it harder for investors to get into it. What I would be doing if I was in charge, God forbid, is I would be saying, We need to put investors into new houses so that people can go and rent something for a cheap amount of money or an affordable amount of money, save their deposit until they can go buy a house because we as the government don't need to be having state-owned houses. We shouldn't be tying up capital. We need to be focusing on making it easier for first-time buyers to get in there with their KiwiSaver and the home grants, which of course we need to review those amounts across the country because they're ridiculous. And we need to make investors put more stock onto the market. That's what, if Andrew Nickel was in charge of the world, that's what he'd be doing. A couple of points around that as well. So it is interesting that on the exact same day that the ANZ came out with these new LVR restrictions, they did release this report from 
their entire economics team. And again, those three points were free up buildable land, build more houses, and if the government allows a lot of immigration, they need to also have a plan to have those houses for those new New Zealanders. Not one of the policy prescriptions in that report was around LVR or bank policy changes would impact house prices at all. So there's this difference between what the policy prescription is and the action that's being taken in this case. And I just want to say a couple of things because there were some quite controversial statements in that report, such as about decreasing house prices. I'll talk about that in a minute as well. And I have two points. First of all, according to the Reserve Bank's own consultation document, LVR restrictions will not be an impactful tool to curb house price inflation. In fact, within that document, they say they only expect it to have a 1% to 2% difference on house price inflation. And what they mean by that is if house prices are going to go up 12.2% next year, like Westpac came out on the 4th of December and said that they thought they would, that means that house price inflation would be 10.2 to 11.2%. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. And the reason behind that is that when the LVR restrictions first came in, there was record high, high LVR lending. So a lot of us were going out, we were buying properties with low deposits. Boy, it was a good time. This was before the podcast as well. This is true. Now... There is record low high LVR lending. So because we've had these restrictions, we haven't been going out and purchasing a lot of houses with low deposits. That's meant that bringing the LVR restrictions back in doesn't have as big of an effect. And the key thing I want to say as well is if house price inflation could have been curbed this easily by a change in bank credit policy, we wouldn't be sitting here right now telling you to invest in property or to consider investing in property. If property investment all hinged on bank credit policy, it wouldn't be the right stable investment that we would be comfortable with. And it's really interesting that ANZ made the comment that they've already got a very conservative loan book. In 2013, when we first introduced the restriction, flows of lending at LVRs above 80% fell from around 25%, so a quarter of their incoming applications were above 80%, to below 5% of all new mortgage commitments. So obviously that's balanced out over the last wee while. Couple that with the fact that all those people that took high LVR loans back in 2013 have had some pretty significant capital growth in that time. So assuming that they've been paying down their mortgage even on interest only, they've had seven years worth of capital growth and we've had some pretty serious capital growth in the last 24 months, they're probably fine now. They're probably well under 80%. And just to clarify, sorry, that was from the Reserve Bank's uh, consultation uh, document. So that's across the whole market. Now, what this really shows for me as well is how quickly bank policies can change and they will literally change. The email will get sent out to mortgage brokers Bond, this is the new policy. It hits the headlines and this is what it is from now. And just because there were a few brokers that I was dealing with live applications for some of my investors the day that came out, basically everything that was in the queue got culled. Now, one of the brokers that I spoke to said, hey, look, actually part of this, whilst the bank comes out and justifies it by caring about the economy, they care about their bottom line a whole lot more than that. And the reality is banks can't keep up with the level of applications that they've got at the moment. It's taking so long to get a loan approval and so long to get loan documents out. We've got people settling before Christmas at the moment and it's just a nightmare. Quite a few of them have had to push out till in the new year. So ANZ being the biggest have probably got a large number of them. They've just taken away a whole bunch of stuff in the queue that they can deal with later on if they turn that policy back on. The most controversial thing in the ANZ property focus report was these comments around declining house prices, which
which got reported in the headlines and around the media. And what I need to get across is that the way that you and I think about house prices and whether they decline or not is different to how an economist thinks about it. Because what you'll often hear an economist say is real house prices versus nominal house prices. Now, a real house price is whatever the price of the house is factored in with inflation. So let's say that you buy a house that's worth 500k and then inflation goes up at 2% every year for the next five years. So we've got just over 10% inflation over the course of five years. Now, if your house is still priced at 500k, if that's its value, then an economist would say, oh, the value of your house has gone down because we've had inflation, the price of everything has gone up, but the value of the house has stayed the same in dollar terms. That's what we call nominal terms. Now, the price of your house hasn't gone down in what you and I would feel, but in an economist's eyes, once you factor in inflation, it has gone down. And so when they're talking about declines, gradual declines in house prices, what they're really saying is, look, the ideal situation, if we could release supply to the market, if we could get everything right, is the house price, the nominal house price that you and I look at would stay the same and inflation would push real house prices down over time. Now, that's a big difference between them because even if the real house price stayed the same and house prices just increased at the rate of inflation, then you and I would still be really happy because we're still getting leveraged returns and a return on money that we didn't invest in the first place if we're using equity to be able to do it. So as you're reading through the media articles, just remember there is this difference between these two. And when you see comments around declines in house prices, know that this is not a decline in your actual house price. This is in inflation adjusted terms in the ideal situation if they could make it happen. And here's the real truth. It'll never happen. They'll never be able to keep house price increases at the same level of inflation. Mark my words. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, then what I want you to check out is something new today. It is the Property Academy video course. Now, we've had this for a while, but we have just relaunched it. It is 19 videos of Andrew going through the fundamentals of investment property. It has been meticulously planned out so that you get all of the best content. And Andrew, you even share your screen with you going through Excel spreadsheets of bank serviceability calculations and properties you've bought over the last year. It's a really awesome course. Yeah, You can find that at opuspartners.co.nz or I'll link it in the show notes as well. So tap or swipe over the cover art. It'll take you right there. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.